When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now, happy hump day, everybody. Scott Cat ready to go with another episode. Uh, coming up in a few minutes, we're going to talk about how Justin fucked Southwestern Ontario. That's going to be an astounding segment. But first off, Cat, can we talk about Spanx for a second? Yeah. Spanx is... Uh, sorry, excuse me for a second. My dog has decided that now is the time that he needs to play ball. <laughs> Aw. I'm busy. Toss him the ball. Well, he keeps dropping it at my feet, and he wants me to throw it. But if I throw it, then I'm going to hear the clackety-clack of paws all over the hardwood, and then the ball dropping <laughs> back at my feet again. I swear this fucking dog will not fetch a ball at the park, but if I'm trying to work and record a podcast, <laughs> yep, let's play. They always know. They always know when you can't give them attention. That's when they want it the most. Pretty much. Uh, yeah, let's talk about Spanx for a second, because what is the woman's name? The one who just sold oh, off part of the company. Yeah, Sarah Blakely. Now, you, if you watch Shark Tank, you know exactly who she is, because she's, been, she's on, been on Shark Tank on and off for the last several years, and she just sold off the shapewear brand for $1.2 billion. It's worth a fortune. I don't know many women that don't have at least a set of Spanx. Or a pair of Spanx. It's not a pair. It comes in a one. Well, and never mind just like the Spanx, the original Spanx. It's now expanded. I mean, there's tank tops. There's all kinds of things that you can get with that Spanx brand. And it's shapewear, like Kat said. If you're uh, not familiar with Spanx, you you put these on. And it sounds kind of gross, I think, when you describe it. But it basically sucks all your flab in and just sort of smooths you out a little bit. Is that the best way to describe it? Exactly. Like, it would give you smooth lines if you're dealing with some, you know, a little bit of muffin top. I don't know if people like saying that or not. Uh, I can't tell anymore. But we all know that that's what we like to call it. It's a little bit of muffin top here, maybe a little bit of rolls here. Spanx just kind of has a nice way of smoothing out all of those lines so you don't have to worry about it. Well, what Sarah did is pretty amazing. You want to talk about a company and a boss that truly values where they are and the employees that helped get them there. Sarah, when she sold off the company, or part of it anyway, called all the staff together. It's an all-staff meeting. Now, when I hear staff meeting, I instantly think, I should start looking for another job. I'm just going to get out of here. Because <laughs> I don't, I don't like, like going to meetings. <laughs> I fucking hate meetings. But anyway... She called everybody together and shocked the hell out of everybody. Listen to this. To celebrate this moment, I have bought each one of you two first-class tickets to anywhere in the world. You know, if you go on a trip, you might have to, like, you might want to go out to a really nice dinner. You might want to go out to a really nice hotel. And so, with everybody's two first-class tickets to anywhere in the world, you are each getting $10,000. So, let me tell you that again. That is two first-class tickets anywhere you're 
heart desires. On top of that, don't worry about spending a dime while you're there. You've got $10,000 to spend, whether it's food you like or maybe you like to shop, you want to buy some clothes, maybe you want a special, uh, I don't know, adventure while you're there in that spot that you choose and experience. 10G on top of that. Where would you go? Let's say you worked at uh, Spanx and, and you were part of that offer. You can go anywhere you want, first class. I think we instantly write off anything domestic, right? That's almost a waste. You don't want to use your two first yeah. class tickets to go to Halifax or Montreal or yeah. Calgary. You got to go somewhere international, I think, right? Yeah, I mean, I would go to, I, I think I would do a nice <sighs> crystal clear water, like a Bora Bora. The best villa you can possibly get, you know, if I'm allowed to choose the accommodation. I don't know if I am. But I would definitely go somewhere probably nice where I'm going to be served, like, hand and foot for that. Uh, Yeah, I think I would go somewhere like that. Off the top of my head, it's hard to say because there's a lot. I mean, I can think of a lot of European destinations that would be awesome, too. But that's the first one that comes to mind because it's been so long since I've had a vacation like that. I, uh, geez, you know instinctively, I start thinking, well, what's the most expensive place I could go? Right. Not that I want to rack up the bill on her, but I, I would like to take advantage of an, the ability to go anywhere I want. First class for nothing. And if it's first class and I can go anywhere, I, in, initially I thought, no, it's, we're probably going to Australia. We're going to go down under. And then I started thinking, uh, but, you know, like I could do like uh, um, one of the islands that I've seen on Survivor. Over the years, that would be cool. But I keep coming back to my two favorite places, Paris and Edinburgh, Scotland. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I think I'm going Europe, Kat. Really? I think so. You can... I, you can do some damage with $10,000 in I've Paris. I've got some family in Scotland, for example. And if I and it's, it's not that far of a trip to go from there to England. And that's a place I've, you know, I, uh, sure, I'll get to eventually. But I, can, I, I have accommodation there. And, yeah, the flight can be expensive, but I don't really care that much. Yeah, I, for me, I've got to do the Bora Bora. I'm talking the, the mansion on stilts that you can basically rent out for your entire family with multiple rooms on the ocean. I think I got to go that route. I think I got to do that. Either way, an incredible gesture from someone who didn't need to do that. She could have just said, hey, everybody, thanks. It's been a fun ride. I hope you like your new bosses. Peace out, bitches. But she wanted to do something for the employees that helped get her there in the first place. And I think that's awesome. So what a great gesture from Spanx. I love that. And part of me, though, I mean... I'm looking at the video going, okay, she knew this was going to be a big thing and they got it filmed and like, look at what I'm doing, everybody. But it certainly does make those companies who make that much money. It, it definitely all the employees of those companies, like your Googles or your Amazons are going, mm-hmm, interesting. Yeah, your move, big companies. Zuckerberg, what the fuck are you doing for your employees? Get on it, man. <laughs> Let's go. You could use some goodwill at this oh, point. And by the way, for a little a bit of an inspirational story when it comes to Sarah, I didn't touch on this very much in the beginning, but she started the company with $5,000 in her pocket. That's it. She started with 5000 She just sold it for $1.2 billion. That's amazing. S- stories like that, I find them arousing. Like that is fucking Incredible, commitment right? and dedication. And oh, I love every bit of that. Good for her. And congratulations to the staff at Spanx. Good employees get rewarded. That's great. Um. It's time for the podcast password, but I'm not going to give out a word today. I'll tell you why, guys. At some point today, 
after nine is going to hit a million downloads. One million downloads on the podcast you're listening to right now. Not, not quite there yet, but that's pretty surreal, Cat. By the way, that's a million downloads since we relaunched on 915 uh in October 2019. So wow. A million. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We promise that one person who listens that has texted in the passwords is going to win $1,000 cash. We will likely be calling that person tomorrow. And again, just to confirm, no word today because I, I, I'm i thinking in the next couple hours. So we're going to hit a million downloads of After 9. You know what I just realized? is What's We should that? have started with that and then let Sarah talk about the fact that she just gave away dozens of two first-class tickets <laughs> at $10,000 spending cash. But hey, a grand is still amazing. Well, I don't own a shapewear line. I don't know if you do, but we, I sure as fuck I don't. mean, we did not sell the podcast for $1.2 billion, nor do we plan to sell the podcast anytime soon. So until we do, a grand in your pocket, I think that's pretty amazing. Yeah. Actually, I think we've done a pretty good job at fending off all the commercialism that can sometimes go into a podcast that has this kind of download uh, capability. We but do what we can, you know? We do what we can, absolutely. Um, the cabinet was appointed yesterday. This was our prime minister, Justin Trudeau. And I predicted that it would be very similar to his old cabinet. And it is very similar to his old cabinet, but there's some new faces. Uh, the biggest change, I think, is Anita Anand, the MP from Oakville, has left the procurement portfolio and been placed in the defense ministry, replacing Harjit Sajjan, who has on his watch completely fucked up fixing the sexual misconduct problems in the Canadian military. So now it's going to fall on poor Anita to clean up this mess. And you would think that Sajjan w- would be booted. He'd be like, he didn't do anything. Fuck the whole thing right up and just let this controversy fester. Nope, he's still in cabinet. You don't need to do a good job as a cabinet minister. You need to run cover for the leader. And that's why this one's a little confusing. Uh, MP from Waterloo Region, Bardish Chagger, a rising star at one time in the Liberal caucus, booted out of cabinet. She was implicated in the Wee scandal. You'll probably remember her from various testimonies that happened in front of committees. And I don't know if she deserves to be in cabinet or doesn't, but with her departure, that means southwestern Ontario, Waterloo Region, Guelph, London, Windsor. Not one representative in the prime minister's cabinet, Mm -hmm. not one for a massive part of Canada. No representation at all. And there's lots of MPs to choose from that could have been appointed. I just don't get it, Kat. I I really can't figure out what the strategy is. He's got a certified climate activist running the environment portfolio in Guibault. I I don't know how that's going to work out, but I see a very polarized Canada coming very soon with this cabinet. If you let our new environment minister loose... I mean, he's the guy who says, we got to go now. We we have to shut off the fossil fuels. That sounds to me like a war declaration on Alberta and Saskatchewan. The natural resources categories. You're going to be in for a rough ride for as long as this cabinet survives. I don't know that this was necessarily the best use of the people he had in front of him, but it is the new cabinet and uh, it's already unpopular. 
Do you have any problems with it? Did you even pay attention to it, or does it matter to you who the leaders are? Um, I mean, um, Bardish Chaggers, the... Well, I was taking a look at that, but I also know that there was a little bit of this wee scandal still lingering with her name, so I'm not too surprised. That was really the only one I was watching, just because I'm from Waterloo area, so I was keeping my eye on that. Otherwise, not much. I uh, I was I don't know if you saw what the National Post had first tweeted out and then got a bunch of shit for. What did they tweet? Oh God, they deleted it right after. Uh, let me read you the <laughs> Let me read you what they said um, in their caption for this link they said in trudeau cabinet shakeup is it harjeet sejan is that yep. how you say it yep. harjeet sejan removed his defense minister replaced by a woman and it was just a picture of anita anand and people were shitting all over them understandably so it's just a woman you know uh, replaced by a woman and that's the whole point like how about you give a little bit of a backstory a say her name it's just a woman um, and B, how about all the things that this woman has done and proven herself to be over the last couple of years, especially how is the gender? I mean, we know that the gender can be relevant, especially when we're talking about that you wanted gender parity. Right. We know that. Yep. But uh, National Post was getting shit on. They deleted it right after, but not before people could take a screenshot of it, of course. So anyway, I was watching more of the trolling tweets on that yesterday than I was anything else. Otherwise, I, I, I don't think it affects me at the on a day-to-day basis. I guess time will tell, and I will see if that's the case or not the case. So whatever. I, uh, when it comes to Anita, I'll be honest, I actually don't know her. She's my girlfriend's MP, and, and I've never had the opportunity to meet Anita. Uh, procurement is what she was in charge of. And to me, she didn't prove a thing when it comes to procurement. To me, she proved that she's an extremely good communicator, probably someone who will run for prime minister at some point in the future, which would also be historic if she wins. But when it comes to her, I mean, it's not hard to do procurement when you have got an unlimited budget and you don't have to put things out to tender. If you're in charge of procurement and there's only two approved vaccines in the country, and you need to get as many of them as possible, and it doesn't matter how much you pay, that's a pretty fucking easy job. You've got an unlimited budget and only two suppliers. Mm-hmm. Sure, get everything you want. I, so I don't know that uh, procuring vaccines for COVID necessarily means she's a competent minister, but God damn it, is she ever a good speaker? I'll give her that. Uh, by all accounts, I think people in Oakville seem to like her, so that, that's good. Either way, though, I think that's exactly what the doctor ordered. I don't think Trudeau's wrong for that. Yeah. Put somebody who is not going to take any shit, who's going to get the job done in charge of defense, because there's a real mess to clean up. And the biggest tragedy in in what's been allowed to happen under Sajen's watch to the Canadian Armed Forces is that it's scared off a lot of people who might be interested in joining the Canadian Armed Forces. Between all the controversy and the women who weren't being believed, all of the investigations that were sort of swept under the rug or whitewashed, It's discouraging for a lot of people, particularly women. So I'm glad Anita's in charge of that. Hopefully she does a good job. Uh, This cabinet is completely dominated by downtown Montreal and downtown Toronto. So back to my original point, if you're listening to this podcast in London or Windsor or Sarnia or Kitchener, Waterloo, Guelph, yeah, you have no representation in parliament and it's a very simple reason why. You don't donate enough money to the Liberal Party of Canada. Let's be honest. The liberals want money. They want to not just win the next election. They want to win all elections going forward. And that costs a lot of money. And the conservatives out fundraise the liberals by a lot. So they need that downtown Toronto money. So that's why most of the cabinet is from downtown. That entire Young Street corridor 
is represented. I am glad they moved Bill Blair out. He was kind of useless to begin with. So maybe that'll change things up on the guns front. Uh, who else is uh, changing here? Uh, there's a whole bunch of them. Marcy Ian and Seamus O'Regan both found their way into cabinet. Trudeau is a made-for-TV prime minister, right? And he likes other TV people. Hell, even Christian Freeland, his deputy prime minister, is a former journalist. He loves the spotlight. Uh, time will tell. I, I wasn't overly impressed with yesterday, but uh, we got to give them the benefit of the doubt when they get back to work, which will not be for almost another month. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Premier Doug Ford is taking some criticism this morning, Kat. What now? Because yesterday he was in Ottawa and it was such a human thing to say. I, I don't understand this criticism. He said he gets it. If there's parents out there that are hesitant to have their five and six year old children vaccinated against COVID, he said he wants everybody to get vaccinated, but he gets it. There's parents out there that are hesitant. That was backed up by an Angus Reid survey that said about 50% of parents will get their kids vaccinated. About one in five are just going to hold off for a little bit. And one in four say they'll never vaccinate their kids against COVID-19. It's not even an option right now. Okay, I tend to think that that number is going to go down a little bit. I think some people that say never right now probably will. I think people that say not yet probably mean that. Not yet, but eventually I will. As long as it's safe and we see no major side effects in kids, then we could get behind that. And I believe the 50% that say they will. But this is a choice for parents to make. And I don't understand why Doug Ford, acknowledging that, yes, there is some hesitation there, and he understands it, is bad. Does the premier have to be rah, rah, get vaccinated or fuck off? Or can he be human and acknowledge yeah. exactly what the reality is? There's a problem here. Well, the, there, that's exactly it. That's exactly the point that I would make is what do you want? What do you what do you want, people? Do you want someone to come in and tell you to do something, even though they're not too sure how they would feel in that scenario either? You know, because I look at what I do for a living and I'm not Doug Ford. I am not a political figure. I, I just have an opinion and I have a podcast. But I'd be lying to you, you know, sitting here going, oh, I would give my kid that jab right away, you know, just because I thought it was the right thing to say. No, I'll be honest and say I'm that percentage that would it's a probably, but I'm not doing it right away. Right. So do you expect someone or hope that someone lies? And I assume the pro vaccine people would hope, yeah, they fucking lie. You say what you got to do. You make sure you get those needles in arms. You want the you want the school year to work or what? Or do you prefer someone who's going to be a little honest and be like, you know, I get it. So for me, I prefer the honesty. I prefer the realness over anything else. I really do. Because it, uh, seeing true colors means the most to me, even if maybe my opinion will differ from yours. Yeah, I just, I, I don't remember a time in history where people were so preoccupied with what other people were doing or how they were raising their kids. Uh, Doug is quite right. There is hesitation out there. And he acknowledged that there's a lot of parents that are fully vaccinated that still aren't quite ready to get their kids vaccinated. It's a tough choice. It's a personal choice. And I'm sure eventually they're going to make it impossible to not be vaccinated. But right now, there's some people who want a little bit of time. 
we're still a month away from the one year anniversary of when the first Canadian got vaccinated. It seems like it was decades ago, but it hasn't even been a year since the first shot went in an arm in Canada. And that's concerning to some people. Again, I'm fully vaccinated, but I kind of like Doug agree that, yeah, there's hesitation out there. We have to acknowledge that. The problem here is, is that there is a uh, a lot of people. I mean, hey, almost 90 percent of the population has had at least one vax. There's a lot of people out there who think because they're vaxxed, everybody should be. And they just cannot understand how some people still haven't gotten there, how they're still a little hesitant and they want to fuck them. Screw you. No, you're not going to. We've heard it all. I mean, I don't need to rehash it, but in a nutshell, yeah, you can't dine in. You can't go to the gym. You can't go to a show. You can't even watch your kid play hockey if you're not vaccinated. And then they said, we're going to fire you. We're going to take away your job. And we're not even going to give you EI. And I just don't know where we draw the line here. I I think we want to create incentives for people to get vaccinated. But we also don't want to hardcore, vindictively punish people who aren't. And I'm thinking to myself, what's next? Are we going to pull their driver's license? Take away their pension? Throw them in jail? Where do we draw the line? And where do we objectively say, no, we didn't coerce anybody. Coercion is illegal. We're not coercion. There's no coercion here. We're just trying to create incentives. No. Incentives are, if you get vaxxed, you can go out. If you get vaxxed, you can see a movie or watch your kid or whatever. Not, if you get vaxxed, you can keep your job and your livelihood in your home. That's crazy to me. But anyway, the education minister also had an interesting uh, point yesterday in the legislature It was in response to an NDP question asking if there's going to be a vaccine mandate for teachers. Hmm. Then the numbers came out. I'm going to be honest with you, Kat. I'm quite surprised at this, but if Ontario were to implement a vaccine mandate for educators, those are people who work in schools, could be anyone from the principal down to the, the caretaker or custodian. If we did that, 50,000 people would be out of a job and apparently not even eligible for EI because the the feds have said you won't get EI if you lose your job because you're not vaccinated. We can't lose 50,000 people from the education system. They're short-staffed as it is. There's a lot of administrators and teachers that are working their butts off because we are so short-staffed. They're covering lunches and filling in here and there, and they're doing the extracurriculars that are allowed. They're doing everything they can, and we're still short-staffed. Yeah, yeah. But those people that are insisting, nope, fuck you, they better get vaccinated or they lose their job, just like the people in the hospitals. I think people don't fully understand that the education system would be grinding to a halt yeah. if we instantly took 50,000 workers out of the pipeline. Yeah, and I think it's it's interesting that the people who would argue that, yes, this should be the case, yes, you should have to, um, are probably the same people that would be like, what do you mean my kid has to remote learn because there's not enough teachers, <laughs> right? Like, you What do you mean there's 27 kids in the class? I thought the cap was 25 and it should be lower. No, but I mean, it's the same people that would definitely complain if we have to f- say, okay, fuck off to the school year because we don't have enough physical bodies in there. So don't argue that, you know what I mean? Don't say you should have that done. 
But then you're also going to be arguing about the fact that your kid's going to have to be sent home because there's not enough teachers to fulfill those needs or whatever it is, EAs or anything for that matter. There's not going to be enough because of that. I think they're going to sail through this year. I don't think that anything will get done. That's my own personal opinion based on everything that you said, which is absolutely true. I mean, we're seeing shortages everywhere. There are some classrooms. And what are we at? October 27th. There's some classrooms that still don't necessarily have what the, who their permanent teacher will be. I believe they're still sorting that and getting their ducks in a row in some cases. Yeah. So, you know, I, it's going to end up being that this is the way that's happening now is going to continue on for this remainder of the school year. I'll be interested to see what they come up with after that. But as you all know, as you look toward, according to Douglas Ford, the roadmap for us come March. If you don't, you know, if, if we can go all, you know, open everything and basically masks off if all goes well and shots in arms for kids 5 to 12, do they really even have the ability or, or a point to saying, hey, teachers, you better get vaxxed. Now, I know that people will all automatically say, yeah, but they need to in order to work in the school board for all of the other vaccinations. And you're absolutely right. So I do think it will be mandatory because to work in a school board with kids, for kids to go to school, we all know they need all those vaccines that they've been currently taking up until this point. So it's going to be no different. That COVID-19 vaccine is going to be no different. It's just a matter of when they implement it. I do not believe it will be this school year. Listen, the people who are heavily in favor of vaccine mandates, i.e. get it or you're fired and you don't get EI and blah, blah, blah. I mean, there's a reason that Doug really wants to get rid of or start phasing out the Vax passports in the middle of January because he knows by then Health Canada will have approved the pediatric version of the vaccine. And it's all well and good now when 80% of adults are vaccinated and the Vax passports are there. Eight in 10 people can go to a gym or dine out and that's fine. But it's a totally different equation when it gets to five to 11 year olds. Because there are. Well, you heard the stat a few minutes ago. What is it? Uh, One in four will not get their kids vaxxed. And another one in five say they will, but not right away. They want to wait for a little bit. They want to see some more numbers. They want to see what the side effects are in other places. Okay. Well, when mom and dad are fully vaxxed and they want to go and dine in at Chuck E. Cheese and they can come in, but their kids are told, sorry, you're not vaxxed. Fuck off. There's going to be a real serious divide and God help the person who tries to come between a parent and their kid and tell a parent what their kid should and shouldn't do. It never goes over. Well, that's going to create such incredible tension. And I don't think anybody wants that. I don't think Ford wants it. I don't think Trudeau wants it. Nobody wants to have to have the hostess at Montana's tell you, eh, sorry, you can't come in because your six year old isn't vaccinated. Get rid of them. That mandate, get rid of the passports before that becomes an issue. I think that's the goal. I think they're trying to avoid that as much as they can. But roughly six to eight weeks after it's approved by Health Canada for kids, this is going to be a real discussion. Well, the kids have had long enough to get vaccinated. Don't let them in anywhere if they're not vaccinated. Even though today they're perfectly fine to go to those places. We're not seeing any significant spread in restaurants or places like that because of unvaccinated kids. But there's going to be people who in six to eight weeks after approval are going to be insisting on it because of safety. And it's going to create a war. It's going to be bad. The easiest way, get COVID under control now and let's not even have to go down that road. And I think they will. 
Let's uh, switch gears here quickly because there's a couple Halloween things that I wanted to mention. Ghosts, real or not? Ah, see, I hate the, the fact that you say ghosts. I want to say no. But if you had said, uh, you know, spirits or presence, I would say yes. So I want to I'll just answer yes. 57% of adults think ghosts exist. Half say they have felt the presence of a ghost before. Yeah, I agree with you. I think spirit is probably a different word because when you hear ghost, you instantly start thinking those things that are trying to attack Pac-Man. No, 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 no. We're not talking like a sheet over somebody's head. Not that kind of a ghost. Just someone from the paranormal or something formerly from Earth that's now paranormal. Is that the best way to describe it? Yeah, sure. Yeah. 57% think, yeah, that's a real thing. So with that being the case, haunting is real, right? Can you be haunted? Can there yeah. be a haunted house? You know, I do believe, I, okay, I don't, even, I don't even believe it from firsthand experience because I've never experienced that. But I've seen enough and heard enough from people who I do trust to not be cuckoo that, that tells me, yeah, I think that there's absolutely something to that. I do believe. I thought that was a real honest thing that... 57% believe that and half think that they have felt the presence before because there's certain things even in my life that I just cannot explain. It's this feeling you get when you go to certain places or in a certain circumstance and there is no other way to describe it. It does almost feel kind of paranormal, but they kind of lost me after that. Even though it's 57% on ghosts, 22% think vampires are real. The fuck is wrong with you? Vampires? Jesus, you stop what put the fucking twilight down. Put the twilight away. Stop it. You think that there are people looking esque type creatures out here roaming the earth that if they get the right opportunity and the moon strikes the right way, they're going to bite your neck and suck your blood and kill you. You think that's real. One in five adults think that's a thing. Give me a break. About the same number also believe in zombies. Well, shit. Come on, guys. What are you doing here? <laughs> what are you minute. fucking doing? These are the people that speaking of the vaccine when it came out, it's like, y'all are going to be zombies. <laughs> here it comes. I mean, hey, listen, I'm open to things that I don't fully understand. I, I'm willing to hear the other side of it. But shit, guys. Really? You think there's vampires and zombies wandering around? No way. Uh, candy, Halloween candy. They're starting to put out the lists of what pairs best with what. And overall, they found that whether you're eating candy or chips or whatever, wine is what you should have on hand for Sunday night when you're sorting through your kids' candy. Yeah. All right. You want me to have wine? Sure. I'll have wine. No problem. <laughs> what? I'm sorry. Huh? Oh, twist my arm. Eh. You actually had a good list that broke it down by varietal, actually, this morning. Is that from Vivino that you found that? Yes. We've talked, how many times, you know, I swear to God, Vivino does not pay us, but they should. I'm just going to put should. it out there. Uh, Vivino is a great app. If you are a wine lover and no matter what you like, um, reds and whites, rosés, darks, lights, no matter what part of the world, Vivino is a good app because for me, I use it at least for my own personal diary of wines. Like, dear diary, you really liked this wine today, Kat. 
You know, it just kind of reminds me, especially when you are like a few glasses in, you're like, I'm never going to remember that I drank this wine. Uh, that way you all keep it nice, safe, and secure. You rate it from one star to five stars. And you can also have friends. I'm friends with Scott, for example. Uh, I have several friends on there. You're welcome to add me. I think it's the same as my Instagram. But anyway, you post your, your wine on there. It finds all of the information. Also a value amount. So you know what I've done before? I'll totally admit. I've been gifted wine before. And I'm like, uh, I bet you this is an expensive bottle. So I'll look up the label. All you have to do is take a picture of the label and it brings up all the information. So it is a really great thing. It's Vivino, V-I-V-I-N-O. So they've come out with their Halloween candy and wine matchmaker. Now keep in mind, it's a limited list. So not every single candy and chocolate that you like will necessarily be on this list. But let me run down some of them. Uh, what, by the way, what do you like? What are you more, chocolate, sweets, sours? What are you? No, I'm pretty well chocolate only. I don't eat any candy. And if there's chips out, if it's a take it or leave it kind of thing, I'm going to leave it every time. Mainly just the fun size chocolate bars. And if okay. I could put in a request, okay, more Snickers, less Mars, Ooh. more Kit Kat, less Reese's peanut butter cups. Interesting. I know, hot take, but I'm just bored with certain things. Yeah. Okay. I've also eaten a lot of them since I bought the first box back at the end of September. Fair. Fair. I think a lot of people are with you. Do you have sherry kicking around your house? No, I'm in my 40s. Yeah. So apparently a Reese's cup pairs really nicely with a sherry. Uh, All right. I mean, I believe that, but who the fuck has sherry in their house? I mean, maybe if I go and look at the back of the cupboard at my grandparents' house, I'll find some sherry. I don't find that that's the kind of thing that people have just got laying around these days. Well, you got to plan ahead or maybe just bring your trick-or-treating candy to your grandparents and then you're set. Um, I will say, though, that it does – those sweets do pair well with Campari. That is a good combination. Oh, okay. All right. We should should create our own list here because I disagree with some of this, to be honest with you. I don't drink Riesling anymore. At one point, I loved Riesling. It's a little too sweet for my palate now. However, they say that Riesling and sweet tarts work really well together. Ew. You fucking nuts. Um. Uh, that's, How high were they when they did this survey? <laughs> that's a lot. If you really want to just a monster of a migraine the next day, have some sweet tarts and Riesling. Mm-hmm. Uh, Starburst, are you a fan? Uh, again, eh, if it's eh, a take eh, it or leave it thing, I'll leave it, but I will eat a Starburst from time to time. I, I'm not a big can- I'm with you, by the way, on the chocolate. Uh, chocolate over candy, um, chocolate over chips, but chips over candy for me. Uh, Starburst and Moscato is apparently the mix that you're looking for if you do, look, uh, if you do enjoy a Starburst. If you're, an M- if you're an M&M's person, I am. But it's got to be peanut M&M's for me. Mm-hmm. Peanut M&M's every time. Apparently, that pairs well with a port. Okay. Whoppers. Port I'm- is too heavy for me sometimes. Some of them are yeah. great, and some of them just sit in my stomach like a rock. Oh, so maybe just like a small glass with some M&M's, like a nice little treat. Uh, I know you hate Whoppers. We just talked about this not long ago. They're I didn't awful. know that you hated it so much. So maybe you'd maybe like Trudeau's it. Trudeau's new cabinet could abolish those. <laughs> if you do like the Whopper... Um, it pairs well with a cab sav. Okay. They say. I can see that. Who, it, it, what adult is eating a pixie stick? If you're eating a pixie stick, shame, shame, shame on you. Uh, but it pairs well with a Sauvignon Blanc. So you've got that. And Hershey Kisses. You know, and I don't mind a Hershey Kiss or two. Those are just, like, just give me the milk. Sometimes just give me the milk chocolate. Mm-hmm. By itself, please and thank you. And that apparently pairs well with a Zinfandel. Hmm. Okay. 
All right. Um, okay, that'll work. I, I'm good with that, for yeah, sure. I'm not for really sure. huge on this Infidel. And in case you're wondering, you did mention Kit Kats as being one of your favorite. A Pinot Noir works well with a Kit Kat, apparently. And, and I could totally see that as well. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, I said we would do it in the podcast, and we didn't. What do you got on uh, Alec Baldwin? Is there going to be criminal charges? Oh, dear Lord. That's a great question. At this point, I, I hesitate to even talk about it on the radio. Like, here, we can talk about it all we want. But there's a lot of he said, she said shit right now. And that's why, at this point, it's for the best that police are investigating. But what I will tell you is one of the most recent things that we're hearing, there's a lot of finger pointing at two people in particular. And that would be the assistant director, Dave Halls. This is the guy you probably heard the story, even if you just heard it briefly, is the one that handed Alec Baldwin the gun and said that it was cold. So he got apparently fired from a set in 2019, and it was over something to do with guns. And a gun went off. Thankfully, nobody was hurt at that point. He was fired from that set. Again, this is all like hearsay at this point. I'm not sure if there's any truth to it, but there were people who did complain about him. We know that on this set, on the set of Rust. People were particularly complaining about him and the way he was handling things generally. Uh, I don't know if it was necessarily weapons. The other new thing that we're hearing is when it comes to the the gun handler, the which is the armorer on set. Uh, her name is Hannah. She's worked on several several movies. So now people are bringing up the fact that at one point, Nicolas Cage um, was absolutely angry uh, with her. She shot off a gun right beside him. It's an extreme safety issue, but she shot off a gun beside him when they were testing some things without warning. And he yelled at her, you almost blew my fucking ear off. He walked the set off the set in a rage. According to this report, Nicholas Cage himself is not saying anything, but apparently he had major issues with her when he was filming uh, one of the movies. It was a Western called The Old Way, in case you're curious. And there were also other people that have worked with her in the past that had complaints about her and the way she was handling it. Long story short here, there's no need for real bullets on the set of these films. There is zero need. It still shocks me that that's the reason why. That's what happened. I was totally expecting, Scott, dummy shell, shrapnel, something like that. Really, really, you know, the odds are, are slim that this would even happen, but it happened and the gun wasn't cleaned properly. There were live bullets on the set of a movie that they used to, that they would shoot off target practice for fun when they weren't filming. It's uh, like that. It's very reckless. That's very, very dangerous. So reckless. So reckless. So again, this is all a bunch of hearsay stuff. As soon as police have, you know, actual reports from their investigation and they release that information, then we, we will talk about it again for sure. And last but certainly not least, there's a really good article that just uh, got published by, actually it wasn't just published, it was a couple weeks ago, but we didn't have a chance to get to it. And, and I do like it. It's people on BuzzFeed sharing the weird things that they find attractive. We all like different things. There's certain parts of a potential partner that draw us in. So let me read a couple of them to you. This person says, I don't know why. But exhausted men look super hot to me, probably because being exhausted is as close as being the real you as possible. Okay. All right. I always look tired. I'd be like a fucking (laughs) sex symbol to her. Okay. So I think that this definitely can be linked back to you're talking hardworking people. You know, I always give extra sympathy credit to my husband, for example, when he's working, worked a long day and he's helping me to get stuff ready for the girls And, you know, or cleaning up around the house and he's tired and, you know, like, hey, how about a massage? You know, like you always give a little extra attention. Um, So that um, 
I could, I, I can kind of understand that. I don't know about like, oh god, he's got bags under his eyes. Fucking right. Like, I don't think that it's to that level. But uh, there's something about a hardworking individual, I'm sure, for both sexes. Hey, this is off topic, but I'm just curious. When a woman offers to give a man a massage, is a massage just a massage? Or do we? is it the same as when a guy no. offers to give a girl a massage? No. It's never just no. a massage. No, no, of course right. not. Okay, fair. No. Unless, you, like, unless it's normal to walk into like, a registered massage office and get your ass massaged like, right up there. <laughs> whoa easy now this is pretty specific but this woman says my husband or sorry my boyfriend recently shaved off his beard and left just a mustache holy hell i was not expecting to dig sexy ned the sexy ned flanders vibe he's got (laughs) going on don't say that to him though like that's totally cool there's some people who are into mustaches don't call him. I don't think. Or am I wrong there? Like, if you grew a mustache and your girlfriend was like, you got a sexy Ned Flanders thing. Is that a, is that good? You like that? No, but I mean, maybe that's the first mustache example she could think of. I right, mean, right, uh, right. You could have a Tom Selleck thing going on. Sure, or a Ned Flanders thing going on. There's there certain mustaches that are iconic. And right. this woman didn't even know she was going to find it attractive until she felt that little tingle down there and thought, hey, now. Interesting. Good honor. Uh, This person says, you know what I find being attractive? Being able to make a good Excel spreadsheet. (laughs) (laughs) Excel is an art and some people are good at it. Yeah. And it's true. If they can come up with some fucking cool formulas and stuff like that, I admit I kind of find that attractive too. It's a turn on. It's an absolute turn on. When it comes to tax time and I put all my stuff together, I always call on my husband because he does. There's certain things he has to do for a living, and some of them involve Excel. And he's a wizard, and he'll just take all my stuff and he'll create those formulas and bup, 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 bup. So everything you put in there, it's going to get added up. This is the bracket it's going to fall into, and this and that. And I'm like, that's sexy. It's very, you're, and you're and you're trying to teach me. And I never on every year I get him to do it, so I obviously learn nothing. But he's still trying to teach me, and I think that's sexy. This person says, my boyfriend will get out of the shower, and then drape the towel he just used over his head. So he's standing there, completely naked, looking like the Virgin Mary with the (laughs) towel flowing down. We have sex a lot after he showers. (laughs) Oh, does he keep that? Here's a question. Does he attempt to keep the towel on the head while he's fucking? Like, how does that work? Is it going to fall off? Like, no, no, keep the towel on your head. Put it back on. (laughs) Uh, This woman says, my husband got himself this bare onesie. The first time he put it on, I was like, what is this feeling? Why am I aroused right now? In a onesie. A bear onesie. There's certain things that you see it and you're instantly attracted to it and you just want to take it off. Wow. Even though you were attracted to how it looked yeah. when it was on. You know, we got a great we got a great text in when we were talking about this this morning from a listener and that it, it absolutely was accurate for me and it was Deb that messaged it. And she said, kind of similar, different, because we're talking about a bare onesie, so a little bit different, but a big, comfy sweater. Okay. Uh, in particular, yeah. for her, it had to be a white hoodie. For me, it just has to be, especially, I'm talking about like a night, like a chilly winter or fall day, a big, comfy sweater. Like, I would like to live inside of you. Like, it's like the nicest thing. So that, I, I think, is one for a lot of people. This person says standard black old school vans on a girl, especially if they're sitting cross-legged. 
OMG, I'm not even super into feet, but I find flat shoes like Vans and Converse super attractive. Bonus points if the pants are cuffed. <laughs> wow. And <that's>, wow. <laughs> okay, I mean, shoes are shoes. That's fine. You can say you're not into feet, but you're kind of into feet. Um, that's very specific. Um, and also flat shoes, that works really well for comfort. But sometimes if you're like five foot, like three and a half, like myself, um, wearing flat shoes, I always feel like less than, you know, like Mm -hmm. it's too short. This person says when a guy buckles or unbuckles a belt and the reply that came into it instantly was the belt thing is so true. Mm. The sound, the gesture drool. Ah. I mean, I take off a belt at least once every single day. Yeah. I don't know that I had ever thought of that as an attractive thing to anybody who may be watching. Well, you know, there's certain sounds, feelings, moments before the act of sex. And taking off a belt is one of them. So I'm sure that they link that to that's the sound that we're going to get it on. Or were they someone who was raised with, if you act up, you're going to get the belt? Does this go to daddy issues? Oh, I never thought about that. Could be daddy issues. Uh, This person says, if they cook garlic bread... We be cuddling. <laughs> they cook, okay. We be cuddling. You know, a good cook is, is great. Like, it doesn't do it for me where it's like, yes, like, this is an amazing meal. I'm going to blow you now. Like, it, just because of the meal, just based off the meal. The act of doing it, of going out of your way to do it, that I understand. Garlic bread is very, again, a very specific one. What happened with garlic and you as a child? I mean, I have questions. For some unknown reason, I'm attracted to people who are left-handed. I mean, they say left-handed people are smarter uh, overall. They say the intelligence level, their compassion is higher if they're left-handed. I don't know if there's anything to that, but ah, go ahead. Have yourself a good time. In fact, when you are getting hit on in a bar, use that as your excuse to get out of it if you don't like them. Are you right-handed or left? Right? Ah, oh, sorry. Fuck sorry, off. righty. I, I only date lefties. I don't do you kinds. <laughs> you people okay let me do one more and we could do a ton because it is a pretty extensive list but the last one i want to mention because i've heard this one before maybe even from you actually what does it for me is when guys are reversing the car and they put one hand on the back of the passenger seat to look over their shoulder that makes me vulnerable (laughs) yeah what a great way to put it I get all vulnerable when they back up the car. That's one of my weird ones, too. And if he's wearing a sweater and doing that, fuck, let's stop the car right now. (laughs) Take off your pants. (laughs) And then the belt comes back into the equation and the whole nine yards. Is that garlic bread I smell? Fuck yeah. All right, we went longer than we thought we would. Again, tomorrow we're going to call somebody who has texted in our podcast password and give them $1,000 on the next edition of After 9. Have yourselves a great hump day. Here's hoping you do, and we'll catch you tomorrow. Hertz just announced that it's buying 100,000 Teslas for its fleet of rental cars. Then to give Hertz a taste of their own medicine, Tesla said, sorry, we don't have any Teslas right now. Is it Kia Rio okay? A hiker in Colorado was recently lost for 24 hours after they reportedly ignored calls on their cell phone from rescuers because they did not know the number. 
To be fair, it would be devastating to use your last bit of phone battery only to find out your car's extended warranty has expired. Everyone's been talking about Facebook lately, and Mark Zuckerberg just announced that he's retooling the social media platform towards young adults and away from older users. Honestly, just make it a little harder to sign in, and you'll never see an old person on Facebook again. A new study suggests that long-term side effects of the coronavirus may include memory loss. So if you never got COVID, maybe you did. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal. Broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy it.